white privilege definitely exists and the reason why they don't believe it exists is because there's a few reasons right they're told that it doesn't exist and you have poor white people right so you have poor white people like i grew up poor i lived on 10th and 56th in new york right this nice luxury apartment building all the employees were either latina or black right the janitors the receptionist the uh uh the front desk the doorman but all the management positions were white people right mm-hmm. all the residents were white people we only had like maybe five black people that lived in the building one was a celebrity godfrey he was a comedian he's a very famous black comedian oh uh then you have uh the a lot of buildings in New York are 80-20 buildings, right? So 80% is people who can afford it. 20% is people who are on, like, uh, government assistance. And they have to do that uh, legally. And then the building or the company gets the tax write-off, right? So um, then I found out the people that were accepting people to come into the building to get an apartment, there were black people coming in with better credit and more money than I did. I had no credit when I got that apartment. I had to get a company to co-sign me, right? But then there was these black people coming in with like fucking 700, 740 credits and way more money than I had and consistent money. And I got accepted and they didn't. And I was like, wait, hold up a second. And then I realized this is this is a racist ass building then you realize the owner of the building is a trump supporter and uh, <laughs> like another instance you hear about america and the, the shooting of the police right towards black people i've seen black people killed with guns in their hands i've seen black people killed with no guns in their hands right i've seen little black boys killed with guns in their hands with toy guns in their hands right okay i've been pulled over okay with a glock in my hand shotguns ak's and drugs bro wait at the same time at the same time 16 rifles pointed at me from cops i'm talking here with you oh by the way no license plate no registration no insurance no, uh, 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 what you call it? Uh, all my papers were out, gone. I'm talking to you right now. Did they? Question oh, and by you? the way, no jail time either. Did they question? Did they just, they just give you a warning? So basically, the guns weren't mine. I took the blame, right? And they were friends of mine. Okay. I didn't want him to get in trouble. My other friend was on probation. I was the only white boy. They were Armenian. And we had a few other Latinas on set, right? Or on site. And, uh, but I took I took everything. Cause I, when the cops got there, I said, I'm in charge, right? And I took care of that situation. And they gave me a ticket, identified it. I went to court. I didn't pay anything because I had no money at the time and ended up getting a warrant out from my arrest. I served three days in county. 
And then I had to do community service for like a week, maybe I think it was 10 days, right? A certain amount of hours. And that was it. That was it. Wow. Yeah. You don't mind me asking, what kind of drug was it? Cocaine. It was coke? What? Context of white supremacy. I have to tell or remind you because I think I actually did share this before. Uh, way back when on the cows, <clears throat> we had a non-white listener, non-white, non-black actually, here in the Seattle area. He said he went to uh, court. He got community service right here in good old King County, Washington State that they say is named after Dr. King. Wink, wink. He went and asked explicitly, hey, I got community service, mea culpa. Let me, you know, do my part, restitution for all this. But he says, hey, I do understand racism, white supremacy. Is it possible that I could do community service in an area that will benefit non-white people. I think racism is a big problem. So, you know, if I could do something where I'm cleaning up in an area or something like that, he said, the woman told him explicitly, we don't offer that. We don't have any community services in areas with non-white people like crap. All of the asbestos houses with lead paint that hasn't been removed asbestos in the ceiling all of that all the other toxins we put the bus depot right in the negro area and all that so you get all of that and you and no grocery stores right buffalo yes indeed no grocery stores but community service <sighs> oh in crosswalk table that you don't get crosswalks either community service hmm i don't know crack yes 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 community service Hmm. And I guess that's how it is. No community service for the non-white people in Seattle, King County. Hmm. Anyway, the date for today, Wednesday, June 22. So I have been told one of our listeners recommended our guest for today, who you just heard uh, an interview that he did not too long ago. He was asked a different question than what we normally asked about white privilege. Uh, you heard his uh, response or it was a series of responses, his living situation and all of that. I'm a little bit bummed if I had a little bit more time. I would have pretty easily got that sound clip of Dr. Welsing, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing saying she would talk about uh, Satchmo, Louis Armstrong, and how he was, I guess, known in some circles. He would say, he, someone would ask him, what's happening? And his response would be, the white man is still in charge. If I had one extra day, I would have got that easily. But alas, make sure I can say it. Our guest for today's program, uh, he has a massive online presence. Uh, unless I've been misinformed, he was born in Oklahoma. Shout to Neely Fuller Jr. and Daniel Holtzclaw, I guess. Uh, he's moved around, lived lots of places, uh, credits his father with extracting him uh, from the heartland of the U.S. 
to change his views so that he did not go out to just practice racism like other individuals classified as white. Uh, he was willing to come and share some of his time and energy with us. Uh, in fact, he says his only job is to educate white people. Fascinating. We will get more details on all of that. Uh, joining us live, our guest, Mr. Eric Brian Stone. Mr. Stone, are you with us, sir? I am. How's it going? Right poorly, uh, but we are thankful you could uh, share some time with us this Wednesday evening uh, for our listeners. I'm sure for some folks, this is their first time uh, hearing uh, from you. Uh, any details that you would like to share with our listeners briefly just about who you are and the work that you do, sir? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered uh, a good amount of it, but basically uh, I started... Um, Back when I lived in that building, I, I moved out uh, in 20... Uh, while I was still living in that building, um, that's when George Floyd and everything happened. That's when I started doing my uh, my content because everybody was saying, hey, you need to speak on these issues because we like your perspective on this. And this was like from uh, my black, Latino, Asian friends and didn't, even my white friends said I should be speaking on this. And I was never like the camera guy. Um, so I started doing it, started going viral on Facebook and then I started a nonprofit because girls uh, a bunch of black women and one Latina who followed me on Facebook they were like hey uh, I heard you're doing a nonprofit. can we be in it and their names Marcy Kiki and Tyra and Yvonne um, amazing women and then I started doing TikTok and then TikTok took to a whole nother level um D.L. Hewley posted me, Eric Benet posted me, a bunch of other celebrities have posted me, reached out to me. Um, and yeah, we just keep going harder every day. Wow, that is amazing. I think that's... My memory, I've been told, is not superb, so forgive, but I think that might be the second time. D.L. Hughley's been mentioned on the cows. I would struggle to think of more than two. I don't know why we'd be talking about him a whole lot, but I can think of at least two times where ooh, we were talking about him. But that is amazing. Thank you uh, much obliged for the detail, sir. Um, for people who have not seen your uh, videos and, and content, uh, you are classified as a white man. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, on this broadcast, uh, the I use the term racism and the term mm -hmm. white supremacy as synonyms. And I use the same definition for both terms. The definition that I use is as follows. A global system of people who classify themselves as white and are dedicated to abusing and or subjugating everyone in the known universe whom they classify as not white. Do you think such a system exists? Do you think that definition is accurate? I do think, I mean, we, I don't got to explain to you or your listeners, but yeah, it definitely does exist. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm about to do an entire tour or not a tour, but a road trip across America. And I'm going to be going to sundown towns and KKK rallies and, there's specific towns just in this country alone where 
people of color, black, Latinos, it doesn't matter. As long as you are not white, you're not allowed to be in there. And um, it doesn't even matter if it's a small town. There's racism here in New York. There's racism in L.A. There's racism in uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, and the system is literally built to benefit white people and and demolish and keep people of color down. Right on. Just pointing out for listeners, very important. Mm-hmm. Glo- I actually said throughout the known universe, I heard a lot of cities mentioned in the U.S., racism, white supremacy is certainly a problem in London, Berlin, Johannesburg, yep. how much time we had to list cities throughout the known universe very but toronto how could i forget our investors up there yes yes um but very important global problem um let's see you as a white man we agree white supremacy racism exists uh do you think it's logical for anyone classified as not white to be suspicious of any person classified as white, even yourself, as long as that system of white supremacy exists? Absolutely. I tell people every day I should be walking on eggshells every single day. And the reason is because, like, I got I got a lot of support from black people and Latinos. Absolutely. Uh, but there's going to be the ones who are hesitant or they're not going to care about me because they've seen this before. Right now, I've, I get comments from people saying, oh, well, you, you have a different energy, right? A different vibe to you, which is, you know, ext- I'm super grateful for. But at the same time, they should not trust me nor any other white person at all. Because there's been a history of white people coming in, saying they're going to help, and then they do the complete opposite. Right. Or they screw them over or they steal their stuff or whatever the case may be. And every day I should be walking on eggshells, earning that trust. And it starts all back over again uh, when the new day arrives. So absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Do you uh, stress that daily? to the non-white people that you're around and do they seem to you to demonstrate, Hey, they have a high level, suspi- high level of suspicion of white people, even me. Mm-hmm. Every, every, uh, I got multiple videos speaking on it. I got, uh, people who do wet and stitch my videos who speak on me talking about that. Um, it goes on in the comments. I reply to people in the comments st- uh, stating that. So, Absolutely. Every single time I'm either interviewed or, or any kind of content whatsoever, or if I'm speaking to people in public, uh, that is definitely a topic. Fascinating. This year program, uh, anyone who's listened to the cows for really any length of time, if you've actually paid attention, words are very important uh, in the process of solving this problem and specifically on this program metaphors I've talked about that all the time uh, non-white people should be very alert uh, about metaphors uh, and just in your response to that question uh, saying that non-white people should be suspicious because of the number of times that uh, white people have screwed them over meaning non-white people what a metaphor mm-hmm. uh, and you said you should be walking on eggshells you said that one twice now that one 
Mm, uh, eggshells are white even. Can you give us some details like exactly what does that mean that you should be walking around on eggshells? Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a, um, it's a common, uh, term. Um, it's basically when you are not in your own house, right? You walk on eggshells, right? You, when you're in a, a, a in a position, um, you make sure you do everything right. Everything. You're a guest in somebody's home. You clean the dishes. You pick off to yourself. You make sure you take your shoes off at the door if they, that's what they want. If you make any little mess whatsoever, you clean that up. And you do everything in your power to make sure you make the person at home feel comfortable and 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 do right for them now what's right for you and so for me every single day that's what i'm doing i'm walking on eggshells to make sure i do right by people of color by people latino um whatever the race may be and i make white people feel uncomfortable because there's levels to racism you could be a kkk leader or you could be oh you you don't sound black like a microaggression and that's still racism. So my job is to make white people feel uncomfortable and educate them because until they don't feel, until they're no longer comfortable, they will no longer, they will not change the system because the system benefits them. So that's me walking on eggshells. Hmm. Interesting. Just for listeners, I'm generally my, you should be alert about metaphors in general, but that's the sort of thing that I mean. Uh, if you want to think about it, when you go, you're confused about a term. You look in the dictionary, they explain what the term means generally without a metaphor. And then they give you an example. Uh, if someone uses a metaphor and I ask them to explain it and they give me another metaphor. Oh, and again, now this is in the rubric of being walking around under eggshells in an environment where non-white people rightfully should be suspicious of you and he should be walking around on eggshells. Listeners can process and think, now, did you get a logical explanation that you would understand? A la justice at 10. Uh, let's see. Much obliged for your response, sir. Words are super. I cannot emphasize that enough. Words are so important. In fact, can uh, the interview that I played a clip from I didn't hear a definition of racism there at all. You said you've done tons of interviews and what have you. When you speak to non-white people, do they generally ask you uh, about a definition for racism? I've never been asked like definitions for terms or even metaphors or anything like that. Um, uh, but I'm more than happy to always define them or try try my best to explain them. Uh, and when I use metaphors or whatever, uh, it's not a attempt to like hide the truth because the truth will always come out. Right. So it's just an easy term to basically explain what I'm trying to do. Um, so if I say something like I'm walking on eggshells, that just means, Hey, you have every right to not trust me and I should be on the fence or, that's another metaphor, but basically be 
aware that this is a serious issue. This is not taken lightly. And no matter what, until this job is done and until white people change the system that we currently live in, I will not stop. And so defining racism, I've never defined it. I've never looked up the term in a dictionary either. But I do know from life experiences what racism is, and I can try to explain it to my best ability. And how I typically explain it um, is I call it the white narrative, right? And what the white narrative is, is how white people have pushed this narrative to make them the beauty standard, to make them feel, uh, to seem that they're educated, that they're, they're, they're the most prestigious, the best quality of people, the best quality of life, everything. That's the white narrative. It's been pushed from our books to our TV, our media, our education, to everything. And so when I go anywhere in the world, and I mean anywhere, whether it be I've lived in Asia, I've lived in Europe, I've lived all through the Amer- uh, America, I've lived in all black towns, all Latino towns, Asian and white, poor and rich. No matter where I went, I always got treated as if I was, people would automatically assume that I had money and I was co- college educated, which neither are true. And wherever I would go, like the Grammys, for example. The first time I went to the Grammys, I was not invited. And there was mad security. But it was because I looked apart and I dressed apart, I could walk in with no problem. Now, my black friends that were with me, they could not. And so I would have to go in, sneak, it, uh, sneak tickets, and bring them back out to get them in. Right? There's been many situations where I would go to a Whole Foods and go here in Harlem in New York on the east side there's a Whole Foods and I would go to the bathroom and you need a receipt to get into that bathroom never once have they ever asked me for a receipt well but when my friends when my black friends would be right there with me they would always stop the black person to ask him for his receipt so this is racism in itself right well I want to insert uh no uh, because I stated very explicitly racism, white supremacy is a global system. Those are like small, you know, products well, yeah, of when that I, system. When I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on personal experience. Not to tell you, right. I'm speaking on personal experiences. I, I'm very aware that it happens in China. Like I live in China. It's, I've lived in the Philippines, London, Amsterdam. It happens everywhere. Right. right. I'm just speaking on personal experiences, like telling you little clips of my life of like, little things that have happened. Okay. I just want to pause right there because all of this was around definition of racism. Uh And again, when you look in the dictionary, they do not start with anecdotes. This is foundation for solving this problem. And I just want to go back to point something out again for non-white people, victims of racism. He said, never. I listened to Dr. Francis Chris Welsing today. Never ask the definition of racism she said and I mean this is not like Dr. Welsing third generation physician she had a lot of refined information on many subject matters this is not one 
you can get this from any elementary school teacher. You don't use words if you don't have a definition. And this is really important for racism because many, 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 many people all over the world say the term racism. It is rare when you actually pause and say, well, what do you mean when you're saying racism? That's when you start to, oh, we're saying the same word. We don't mean the same thing. And most people do not have the definition that I gave at the beginning. They will give those anecdotes that you just gave and attach that to something else. And all of that for non-white people to not have an understanding, appreciation for words and definitions that I just talked about last week. That is exactly why this broadcast is white guests only and should have been that way for a long long time uh let's see back on my list of questions oh we had one more the truth will come always come out that is for sure got to be a metaphor and a lie because i have no idea who killed all those children that disappeared in atlanta among many 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 other atrocities where it seems no sometimes the truth does not come out White people can do a very effective job at concealing that sometimes. Uh, am I being absolutely right on? Uh, and that those metaphors and cliches. That's why I talk about that all the time. Uh, you said that you get a lot of support from black and Latina people. Um, do you have a, do you have a theory as to why that is? No, because I don't, I just, live life right i don't have theories i don't have predictions i don't have anything like that i live off experiences right i don't base my life off of if i base my life off what i read in books then everything would be a lie right which is the white narrative if i base everything off of what i read in a book i would still believe that columbus discovered this country right not everything in a book is true not everything that people define is true Right, you have to go out and find out the truth yourself. Therefore, when I say the truth always comes out, if I lie to a friend, if I lie to a family member, eventually they will find out the truth. Now, there are bigger scales like missing children and everything that don't come out. Right, I have no control over that. I have no uh, uh, ability to change that whatsoever because I'm not empowered to be able to do so. Okay. But with my personal life, if I lie, eventually the people will find out. Now, the people that do support me, they support me for their personal reasons. Each one is different. Some are old, some are young, some are black, some are Latino, some are white. They have their own reasons to support me. And whatever that is, I'm super grateful for and I work every day and will do everything that I can to make sure the white supremacy ends in this country, specifically this country. Yes, we need to focus on the world as well, but I'm an American born and raised. I have no control over what happens in Germany, London, Italy. I don't have control. I don't have voting power. I don't have political power. I don't have money power in any of those countries. I'm an American born and raised. I do have voting power in this country. So my main focus currently until I have the ability to focus on those countries is America. So 
again, I'm super grateful for everybody that does support me. And I will 100% focus on America for now. But if I am overseas, which I've been requested to go overseas by many, many people, I can focus on there. But as of right now, I focus on here and I focus on my life experiences because no book, every book I've read in American school system has lied to me in some sort of way. So how can I trust it? Hmm. Context of white supremacy, our guest, Mr. Eric Brian Stone, uh, for our listeners, I think, unless I didn't hear it correctly, you said that you kind of got interested or more interested. I think you said you had been talking about some of these issues and you had a lot of people. I think you said white people, non-white people saying, Hey, Eric, get out there and you know, you need to be saying these things. You should be a, a spokesperson talking about these issues. Uh, and then you said around, uh, I guess that'd be 2020, uh, the murder of George Floyd, uh, and you got on TikTok and what have you. I guess you said you had been, you wrote something online first and then you got on TikTok. Is that the correct sequence? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it, it kind of, right? Like I was, I was always speaking on it. Um, I have like other Facebook lives on like personal pages and other blog pages where I was doing lives like back in 2015, 2016, 27, all the way up to like 2019, I'm, I think, right around there. Um, but I was never like, speaking on it like I am now and people saw those videos. They saw me online. They saw me in person speaking on these issues. And then that's when they say, Hey, you need to speak on these issues. We love your perspective. That's when I started doing Facebook blew up on Facebook. Then I started a nonprofit and then my, the people in my nonprofit suggested I do TikTok, And that's when I started doing TikTok as well. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. And you said that you grew up, uh, for our listeners, you grew up in Oklahoma, um, did not know about the Tulsa race riots where they recently exhumed, found the mass burial site, 300 graves, which many black people had said all along. And that was another one that had been lied about for a long time that, oh, it was maybe a dozen. And that's, that's what you had heard that it was a dozen. And then whoops, 300 corpses. Mm-hmm. They don't even see. They, I don't know about currently, because I'm not in high school in Oklahoma anymore. But when I was in high school and took Oklahoma history, they did not teach about Black Wall Street or any of the other towns or cities that they did that to. Right on. Uh, you said uh, in a little bit of the snippet of the video that I played. You talked about how growing up in that town, uh, and even being very personal and talking about your parents. Uh, you said that your mother's side of the, are both of your parents white. Let's make sure we get that first. Is that true? They are. Yes. Okay. You said your white mother's side of the family. Uh, they were low key. I suspect racist. Did I get that right? And see, that's another one. What do you mean low key? If I got that correctly. So again, there's levels of racism, right? And, um, I'm not saying every single family member on my mom's side is like that, right? And I'm not saying every family member on my dad's side isn't, okay? Um, I'm not generalizing. Um, And I know who they are, and I speak to them on a regular basis, educating them, right? And the ones that listen, it's awesome. And they educate themselves, and they, they do better in life. And the ones who don't, I have to keep working on them. Um, with 
with my parents, my dad went to an all-black high school. Okay. His father was a cop. Um, my dad's the reason why I got out of Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a very... Um, they even made a law recently in Oklahoma where you can't even record cops in Oklahoma, which is ridiculous, right? They do everything in their power to prevent uh, white supremacy being destroyed. Um, Oklahoma is also very segregated, if you will. Um, Oklahoma University, the college, has had many stories that have hit the headlines and major media outlets of the races and that goes on to their student athletes and they're like one of the best uh, college football teams in the entire country. Um, so if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't have got out of that mindset because when you grow up in Oklahoma, you grow up in a society, which is a majority of whites. Now it's like a 50, 50% population. Like I think I don't know the exact numbers, but it's around like, 50% white people and maybe 30, 40% black and um, other races in there as well, right? I don't, don't quote me on those exact numbers because I don't know the exact, but it's around that, right? If I'm not mistaken. With, um, in growing up in Oklahoma, they have a culture where you wave the Confederate flag, even though they, Oklahoma was not a part of the Confederacy. But they wave it as a pride thing of they're proud of the heritage. And you grow up thinking, oh, well, it's just it's just our history. It's just our family history. It's just it's just our country history. Like, I love this flag. Blah, blah, blah. You don't think nothing of it because you're not really taught the details of the flag. You're just taught this is tradition. And so when you grow up thinking, oh, this is normal. And then you get outside of that bubble because a lot of Americans, people all around the world, but especially Americans, they live in a bubble. And especially if you're in a small town. Um, and especially if you grew up before the internet. And so when you grow up in that world and you finally get out of that world and people start questioning your beliefs, your instant result, your instant uh, reaction is defensive because then you're like, well, my grandparents didn't lie to me. My parents didn't lie to me. My country didn't lie to me. Screw you. They didn't lie to me, which is how if I told you your parents lied to you, you're eventually you're going to be defensive as you should. Right where people got to learn is they got to remove that wall, right? Remove them being defensive and listen to other people's perspectives and see how they have lived life because it's a completely different story from what you grew up in. It, to you, it may be a right flat. Um, I just go ahead. If I could hop in right there. Cause I kind of want to redirect. That's one of the things when we talk about suspicion and really coming back to words, uh, that I found frequently with individuals classified as white, they will not answer your question directly. Uh, we ended up deviating talking about Oklahoma University. Do you mind if I ask you, do you mind not to cut you off, do you mind uh, me asking, how am I not answering your question directly? Because I would, I would like to know and I would like to do it better um, because it's not my intent 
to not answer your question directly. Okay. This is a widespread pattern. This isn't a, a you specifically, Mr. Stone. I've seen this for years with individuals classified as white all over the world. So I'll do it this way. Do you remember what my question was to you? You asked about my family. No, it was very specific. It was about your mother's side and specifically you saying that they were oh, oh, low yeah. key. That's what I mean. Under, you didn't even oh, remember my question. So I, I don't want to hear about I, I anything else. Just stick with mom's side of the family and them being low key. If we could just stay focused right there. Oh, apologize. Sometimes I got a little film. I, I do apologize. So low key racism is it could be it could be something as simple as like microaggressions, right? Where you make a funny stereotype of black people like in watermelon or that they can't swim. Or um or oh you talk so eloquently, like you talk so nicely, you talk so uh, proper, right? Um or as soon as a black person walks into the room, they're uncomfortable. Right, they tense up. That's low-key racism. You're not out there saying, "Oh, screw these n words," right? But you're expressing yourself in a very racist way um, without verbally doing it. You you know what I'm saying? I am working hard. Had to get my mute button. I'm working hard, Mister Stone. Um, <laughs> The uh, hmm, I would at minimum I would encourage listeners that one of the things with language people hear terms and they start picking up. We had a listener a few weeks ago. He used, made up the term "white adjacent" and then people started using that. Uh, I would not encourage the use of the term "low key racism." No component okay, of white. So what would be what would be a better term? If you Can don't we mind just remove the "low key"? Is that possible? Would that be absolutely? Accurate? there we go let's I'm always less is more just racist and the other part that's just what you've told us I have no idea how they spent their money they could have been sending funds to David Duke or other individuals to practice white supremacy racism I have no idea what they did with regards to politics really all areas of people activity so again I don't disaggregate amongst racists there always seems to be some kind of way of finding well-meaning white people who are confused that's other questions other questions um so that's the mom's side of the family uh and even in some of your that's why i said these metaphors man i even have to pause there because i had other questions pause right there bubble that mm -hmm. is a major metaphor i don't know anyone 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 in the known universe who lives in a bubble now the way that i heard that unless i'm incorrect these people live in this isolated environment. They don't get contact with diverse views. Maybe they don't come in contact with a lot of non-white people. You said the town is so-called segregated where you grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, so maybe they only see black people on TV, whatever shows they watch or don't watch or commercials or on the news for criminal you know, activity or whatever it is. I've heard that. For, and you said also not being on the Internet, not having access to Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. maybe being a little bit older. Well, well, no, the, that's what I said before. That if you grew up before the internet, now everybody, of course, has internet. But yeah, that's what a bubble is. Is I mean, that's exactly what a sundown town is. And that's I don't a metaphor to too. And actually, I want to hop back in because I was talking and you interrupted me. Now, uh -huh. uh, bubble. 
again, nobody lives in a bubble. And as you said, everybody has Wi-Fi access now. None of that yeah. adequately explains how white supremacy racism is a gloat known universe and in all areas of people activity you have huge numbers of people classified as white who get to travel you traveled you've already told us you've been outside the the states many times yes Mm -hmm. your dad yes yes you can't be a slave trader if you don't circumnavigate the globe yes I would I would have to go more into depth about that one because I don't when you're just traveling for work and 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 working for a company um, you're you're traveling for work right I'm I don't when you bring up slave trader in in current times when it comes to regular people who are just doing a nine-to-five job to pay their bills slave trader has nothing to, uh, to be involved in that. Now if they're voting for politicians and everything that support white supremacy and everything, then absolutely. But if it's just to pay uh, bills and everything and you're just traveling, then slave trader uh, is a bit of a reach. And if I'm wrong, please educate me. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify um, what we did traveling to China work as slave trading that's not what i said mr stone maybe i'll repeat and you can you can respond so i was giving a series right and saying that you have large numbers of individuals classified as white who have traveled the globe even left the planet some of them and they still practice racism white supremacy so i was uh, listing individuals classified as white they travel the planet they still practice racism that's a slave trader They've t- we got all these records, Correct. these ships. They okay. So and you even got okay, astronauts. Sorry. You got non-white astronauts who are leaving the planet and coming back and reporting. Hey, on our way to Pluto, I am not getting the same compensation as the other white astronauts. I mean, hey, if you want to talk about travel, yeah. we have left Earth. White supremacy, racism remains. That's what I mean about these metaphors are so poisonous because people say them all the time. They add to the confusion 10 times out of nine. And that's the way I meant to say it. They are that bubble where they give you a totally flawed, inaccurate concept for understanding racism, white supremacy, and even beyond all that with the bubble. And he's even, they put that wall up and being defensive. That's another one. The man, I didn't know. Are we talking about our former president? Are we going down to the southern border? Even beyond all of that, so much of your—I uh, don't even know what to call it. So much of of your commentary. Um, it seems. Well, I'll just ask my question. I was going to make a comment. Who do you think is mm-hmm. more confused? Meaning, they lack information, understanding about what racism, white supremacy is, how it works. Who do you think is more confused about that? The people classified as white or the people classified as not white? Well, if you don't mind, uh, let me speak on the metaphors and then I'll answer that question. With the metaphors and analogies and everything, it's just how I grew up and it's just how I've been speaking my entire life before I was even on these issues. So 
these aren't intent. These aren't to create confusion. And I actually do agree with you on how they can concre- uh, create conf- uh, confusion and, 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 and not be as clear as what you're trying to make people understand, right, or explain. So I completely do agree with you, and I definitely need to work on analogies and metaphors. Absolutely, and remove them from my uh, from my vocabulary, right? Um, second, um, I would say for the people who are misinformed on on racism itself. It really depends because I don't think it's necessarily, and this is not supposed to be, again, not a metaphor or an analogy or anything. I have a friend from Venezuela, okay? He's he's Venezuelan, speaks Spanish, but he's black as uh, a black man, right? Very dark skin, okay? And he didn't believe in racism. Didn't believe it. We thought it was an excuse, a victim mentality, had to come to this country, learn a second language, go through all these um, situations, right, to get assistantship, to be able to work and all that. And he was like, oh, they're just complaining about life. Long story short, he moved to Texas. And I said, once you move to Texas, I guarantee you, you're going to run into a situation where it's going to be a racist situation, and you're going to call me. And that's exactly what happened. He was called an N-word, and it opened his mind, right? Not white, not black. He's Venezuelan, even though he is a dark-skinned man, okay? So I think it comes down to where you grew up and the people you grew up around, right? When you grow up in a society where people have a certain belief and system and lifestyle, okay? That's what you tend to believe in. And even if you have access to the internet, yeah, that's a great thing. You can get a lot more educated. But when you, from my personal experience, if you try to think outside or think a different way from the people you live around, in your little town or city, they demonize you for it. And so a lot of people are scared to go that route because they don't want to be demonized in their own town and be hated in their own town. I'm not justifying it. I'm just explaining it. So I think to answer your question, it comes down to where you grew up and who you grew up around. I didn't get an answer to my question there. Uh, I mean, if you don't have an assessment, you could just say that, but I didn't get an answer to my question about who you think is more confused, whether it's white people or non-white people. And incidentally, uh, I don't know who you're talking about, but if there is someone who is classified as white and they, for whatever reason, say, ooh, this racism thing does exist, but... I don't want to be hated. I don't want to be a nigger lover. Eh, I'm just going to go along. I'm not going to uh, with again, metaphors I, I that I they again, I didn't, I, again, I did not say I justify it. I did not. I'm not I saying justify You interrupted me again. Please let me finish. I'm not interrupting you. Um, mm-hmm. When white people 
if they make such a decision, you didn't even specify, you just said people. If a white person does that, that is not ignorance. I'm making a conscious decision to be complicit with the system for whatever reason. Now, I didn't say you justified it or whatever, but the point is that's not ignorance. That was what my question was about, and you didn't answer my question. So, if and again, well, I, I go, go ahead. We don't I'm have to waste to time. Thank you. We don't have to waste time. If you don't have an answer, you can mm-hmm. just say that. But the question was, who do you think is most confused? White people. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have an answer because I disagree. And what disagree I'm disagreeing about, I disagree that you can't uh, generalize by race of who's more ignorant on the issue. Okay. Hmm. What I'm saying is, is it depends on how and where you grew up. If you grew up in a society where this is the mindset, this is what you're going to think is normal. Okay. And there's plenty of places who have zero education on these issues and have no idea about a different perspective because they have never left their small town or city. And that does not come down to race. We return to that bubble thing uh, again, which I said before, that is dangerous. He didn't use the metaphor. I I just was going to say that he didn't use the metaphor, but it's the same premise. I didn't say bubble. I said said city and town. Right. Where they don't get out. Then I don't. Yeah. That yeah, they don't get out, they don't get a diverse perspective. It's the same thing, just without saying bubble. And I've already said that entire logic of then, that. Then I don't know how to. Then I don't. Then I don't know how to satisfy your needs with your way of talking because you're expecting me to be able to speak and have the same kind of mindset as you. No, sir. Um, with how you verbalize your answers, mm-hmm. and you're expecting me to be to be able to verbalize exactly like you in these exact moments when this is the first time I've ever spoken to you, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. People expect people to be all knowledgeable about these issues. When that they is never not true. Got, that, that is, ap- I want to stop you right there. Because, how am I supposed, how am I supposed sir, to speak and like you? This is important. This is important. Hold on a second. Please hang on a second, Mr. Stone, done. because you're not. What you're saying is incorrect. I'm not done. Can I just say one thing really quick, and then I'll let you proceed. I need to say one thing. I am totally not asking you to speak like me the thing i've been most insistent but about you are but is, you hang are, on you're interrupting you me you're interrupting me but you're you interrupting me i said if you could just let me say one like thing you. i will let you finish let me finish please mm-hmm. go the thing that i have been most insistent about is you answering questions now this question started with who do you think is most confused all of this could have stopped with you just saying, I don't know. And I would have said, fine, we'd have moved on to my next question. All of the extra talk is then it comes with metaphors and you're saying things that are not logical. I want to emphasize, I don't need you to talk like me. That's not the goal. I just need you to clearly, explicitly answer a question. If you don't want to answer it, that's fine. And, and if you do. don't know, just say that. And it should be, mm. I don't know and nothing else. Not, I don't know if my answer doesn't minutes. satisfy your what you want to hear, then it's not a yes or no question. It's not a yes or no question. Context is very important, 
And yeah, you don't expect me to talk like you, but you also criticize me on live air for not speaking like you, as if I should already know how to speak like you. And that is not appreciative in any kind of form, because I'm not attacking you in any kind of way. Are you done, sir? I am done. Okay. Have I attacked you? When you come on here, and I've been open, okay, I understand. The bubble, that's a metaphor, right? Analogy, whatever you want to call it, okay? So then I totally agree, and I say, I'm, instead of saying bubble, I'm going to say town and city. That could be Oklahoma City, that could be Norman, Oklahoma, that could be Dallas, Texas, wherever. People are very aware of cities and towns, okay? That apparently was a bubble, and then you criticized me for that. So therefore, and that's not the only one, so therefore, when you keep criticizing me for speaking on these things, and I've been open and totally in agreement with you on the metaphors, and on this live air, have changed the way I have spoken. And you still come at me for saying that. Then that's where the problem begins. Because out of anybody, right, who is trying to make a difference in this world, I have a resume. And I'm not looking for flowers, nor am I looking for trophies. But if you, if we want to be able to change the world, we got to work together, and we can't do that by criticizing each other. You got to criticize each other. But you got to help each other out. And by belittling people on live air to make them less, or to make them look less educated on these issues, is not how we're going to be able to unite the people. And at the end of the day, my job. And what I care about is uniting the people. And I want to be able to cooperate with people who are on that same mission. And people who are on that mission, I have no time for. Because you are just going to, not you specifically, but the people who are not on that mission will just get in the way from making that goal be achieved. And not saying that's exactly what you're doing, but... How you are doing it and how you are speaking to me is not appreciative because I am trying to be helpful in these situations. I am trying to use and are using my white privilege to change our society that we currently live in. And that's all I'm looking for. I'm reaching out. To not walk in front, not to lead, not to speak for black people, not to be the spokesman for black people. My job is to educate white people. That's my job. And I tell everybody to use my white privilege to make this system change. Use me to get in the rooms and to get the message out to white people, not to black people. Anything I say is not going to be anything new to any person of color. Any black person, any brown person, it's not going to be new. They've heard it all. They've seen it all. They've lived it all. My job is to educate white people.
and people who want to help me do that, that's great. About what specifically are you on educating white people? The white narrative. I educate white people on the white narrative. Everything that we have been taught in this country specifically, because I grew up in this country, have been a lie from Columbus discovering this country to us being the beauty standard to us creating peanut butter and Jack Daniels whiskey to everything. And they, white people, the majority, do not know this, as I didn't at one point in my life. And once I learned it, I was like, this is not right. We need to tell the truth about this country and what has actually happened in this country. And as soon as people, white people, learn the truth, they will change the system because we have to work together. And the people that are currently in power and have been in power since the birth of this country are white people. So if we are going to change it without any inciting violence or any current civil war, then we need to get those people and the, not only the people in power, like the politicians, but also regular civilians to be educated on these issues. Because believe it or not, they are not fully aware that they benefit from a system just because they are white. There are plenty of poor white people in this country who don't believe in white privilege because they are poor. And they don't understand that white privilege has nothing to do with money. And I have numerous videos on my account explaining this. And then I have numerous videos of white people coming out and apologizing to me directly on video and now fully understand what white privilege is. And that's my goal. So just because we have the internet and people explaining what white privilege is and you and I are aware of what white privilege is, there are plenty of people, white people in this world, who have no idea what that means. And or there are white people who do know what it means and they don't want to change it because they benefit from the system. And we need to check them and make sure they do change it. And that's my job. No metaphor in this sentence has ever been. I've, I've not tried to use any metaphor in this sentence. I've not tried to use any analogy. I've been extremely direct on what my mission is and how I'm going to achieve it. And I have the ability to do it because the difference between a black person trying to educate white people and a white person trying to educate white people is they look at the black person as playing victim, a crybaby, pull yourself up to the bootstraps, everything they always use and attack them with and say. But when they see me do it, they see a white person who is looks like them, grew up like them, and talks like them. And then they look at me as a traitor. But I know how to get under their skin. And I know how to educate them and talk to them to get them to change. I've converted Nazis. I've converted regular white supremacists. I've converted regular civilians into understanding what white privilege is and what the white narrative is. That is my job. No metaphor. I'm not denying any anything that you have said, and I'm not trying to avoid any question. And I've been completely open to answering your questions and, and trying to adjust to 
to your way of thinking because I do agree with a lot of things that you are saying, especially with the metaphors and analogies. Context of white supremacy. Uh, check it under the skin. That's two. The list was lengthy, but that's just two very close in proximity to when I guess said that he was being direct and not using metaphors. See, right there. Uh, dude, hang just on, like you're interrupting. You're interrupting. I'll let right you hang there. on, hang on, just sir. Like I just that. allowed you, you to talk, like for real, for real, me, sir. Exactly you're interrupting. Just you're right interrupting. I allowed you to speak. And you're I'm, just practicing I'm racism, you white supremacy, exactly flagrantly you right now. Right you're interrupting me. You're just flagrantly like right practicing there. white supremacy, racism. I allowed you to talk and did not interrupt you at all. That's all you're doing. You're not on eggshells at all right now. You're not on eggshells at all right now. Can you be quiet and allow me to talk? You just want to practice racism. No, please stop. Thank you. Not on eggshells right now. We just got that 60 minutes ago. Does that sound like a white man on eggshells or does that sound like a race soldier? I hope you have a great day. I'm going to leave this podcast or the show, whatever. Much obliged. Thank you. You are not a part of the Thank you. You nobody. If you're leaving, peace out. Got that from Dick Gregory. If you're leaving, Peace out. You're not going to grandstand for five minutes and get your message in and all this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The problem is about eight billion times worse than I thought. This guy is a racist clown. Now, let me explain what I mean. We have talked to a lot of white people. It's rare that I talk to a white person where I'm like, you know what? You are an idiot. I don't even want to talk to you. I'm not saying you're confused about racism. I'm not saying that you're not a racist. I'm not saying that I'm more informed than you. But wow, if this is the way that you present and talk about racism, and you have a massive, if you even have two, if you even have one non-white person that listens to you and is like, oh my God, this white man, right on, Mr. <sighs> I'm not even saying that they need to listen to Gus T. Not at all. But just, I mean, really, you got Timothy. <laughs> Let's look at some of the white people we've talked to. Timothy Wise. Dr. Peggy McIntosh, Douglas Blackman, lengthy list of white people. Sean Lay was just with us last Sunday. The lengthy list of white guests that we've had on this program. <laughs> to even have a white man. Oh, no, I don't do no reading. That right there, I'm almost like, oops, cool in the game. Thank you, Conley. Cool it. You go out and talk about this and non-white people think amazing. Next John Brown. The problem, white validation. We had that caller from last week. Now, I'm sure he's listening and saying that rude old bitter Gus, man, he interrupted me. Oh, my! you all know I hate that interrupting. My goodness. I allowed him generally if it's a guest I'll give you a few of them because I mean hey you all didn't tune in to hear me you came to hear the guest but I mean hey 
you're taking long five minutes talk to say nothing uncouth uneducated race soldier got it you want to go out and give your bubble jargon to all the confused victims have at it you can't even answer the nonsense you can't answer my question about who's most confused you give me this long anecdote confused Brazilian black man blah 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 blah. okay all right then you come back there's not a non-white person who doesn't already know this information they've heard it all he had just said before that you can't have an assumption that someone has ubiquitous knowledge try to throw his one big word out because he doesn't read disdainful but I don't even remember that's what I expect normally from like victims to have some sort of disdain for reading like I hardly I don't think I've ever heard that from a white person oh I don't read no books that's a lot what what kind of white person are you I even warned listeners within all that nonsense I didn't tell him to stop using metaphors <laughs> like he went on his diatribe there where I muted I didn't even really have any more questions if he hadn't interrupted me that one was one I wasn't going to give him because he threw his little hissy you're trying to embarrass me and even did you notice no one said privilege on this program if we got anybody if you're a fan of Mr. Stone uh, Gus I've never listened to this crazy program before. Are you saying that non-white people who think Mr. Stone is great and is honest and sincere and trying to solve this problem? Are you saying that we're confused? No. I'm saying you are extra super victimized and confused. Some of that would just be basic logic. Like, and you can't tell me within a span of 60 minutes as a white man it's logical for you to be suspicious of me right on that's gonna ride every day all day long you as a white man are not gonna come out and tell me you are belittling and attacking me as a negro I didn't even say that he was practicing racism until he flagrantly interrupted me before departing then I was flagrant about it before I didn't say anything. I just pointed out that his metaphors were not I don't I feel like I'm being generous saying nonsense uppity coon uppity coon but I feel like I'm being generous saying nonsense like are you serious are you serious who in the world would spend 30 seconds listening to what you have to say about anything go read a book and then come talk to me not to be lost in all this he said never been asked a definition that right there is another one where I don't even want to talk to you this conversation could be a whole extraordinary waste of time because some people say racism and they mean everybody is racist and they'll start with Al Sharpton or Gusty Renegade or they will say yeah we do have racism and it's the coloreds who are being mistreated but and they'll add a whole lot of you know other nonsense and conf- <sighs> I might be being an uppity coon I will take that one for Wednesday June 22nd 2022 so I have been told I may be an uppity coon the sun didn't come out today I told you we haven't had any 
70 degree days in June. June, for people who don't know, June is my favorite month in Seattle. You get the soup. I mean, the sun is out until almost 10 p.m. It rises at 5, really before 5, close to 4 a.m. You get super long days of sunlight. Normally, you just get day after day after day of 70, 75 degrees. Easily my favorite time of the year. We have not had one day this month of 70 degree weather. Not one. And it's cloudy and rain today, which it has done repeatedly throughout this month. I got my mittens. Got to talk to Eric Bryant Stone and I got mittens in June. So I might not be in my best spirits contributing to me being an uppity coon for the day, but I mean, good Lord. Oh, the problem is worse than I thought. Within all of that, most important, never. He said, never, never, never. You have a nonprofit and no one asked you for a definition of racism. Disgraceful. Uh, let me see. He voluntarily stopped using metaphors. Oh my God. Actually, he didn't stop. He just verbalized it. And then he continued right on using metaphors. In fact, whew, that white man had the audacity to poke his chest out and say, I've been as direct as I can in telling you what I do. I check them. These politicians. They're going to do right. I get under their skin. And I didn't use any metaphors, old Gus. White people, they must be, and I mean, Eric Brian Stone, all of them, they must be accustomed to talking to like total morons. Gus T, total moron. I'm trying to work out of it, but that must be. I can just say anything to you. I don't have to answer your question. I can just talk for five minutes. And I guess even that whole, you belittled and attacked me. Are you serious? You're walking on eggshells right now? I guess for a lot of us, the caller last week, you're being rude. Why don't you use some sweetness with that white man? Are you serious? <sighs> there wasn't even incentive for sweetness this week because I mean, Jesus. I don't even think I've said that before. Like, this might be like the least informed race soldier that we've ever talked to in our 13 year history. I would have to, I'm going to have to think for a minute. And I think we've had some very young white people on the program, like teenagers, early 20s. No contest. I mean, wow. Not saying he's ignorant about racism, but just wow. Incredible. We have got lots of work to do is all I can say. Um, apparently, you can just because he said he's almost bragging. I don't read books. I didn't get any college degree. They think I'm a college degree. I, I got some degree and a lot of money. None of that's true. I'm just a white man. I come out and use metaphors, you know live in the bubble grew up in Oklahoma get under their skin I'm walking on eggshells Eric Bryanstone white privilege did you notice that when he got disgruntled or at least you know gave his performance before departing then it switched to white privilege no one here used the term privilege at all even though Gus T told sitting in the position of privilege still trying to locate that uh, but 
privilege, privilege, privilege. He has end white supremacy on his website. I took a screenshot of it for this broadcast. He doesn't have end white privilege. I, that might have been deliberate back in his more comfortable zone, being too honest, being too direct with me. And I think white people are just not accustomed. Like, what are you saying? It makes absolutely no sense at all. And he even had to agree. I think there were several points when I said, hey, all of that, whether you say bubble or not, the premise that white people practice racism because they're stuck in Oklahoma. Daniel holds claw. They're stuck in Oklahoma. Muskogee. And they don't get to get out and see a lot of different black people and non-white people. They don't get to hobnob with Chris Rock in New York. Hang out with Will Smith. Get jiggy with it. If they just had that opportunity or even got to leave the country. Go to see some of the Negroes on the continent. Really broaden their perspective that would solve this problem that is like what I guess for most you know confused non-white people even myself at one point oh yeah that makes that makes some sense no it doesn't you have millions of individuals classified as white who live in very so-called metropolitan areas where they bump into all of those people and they still practice racism and beyond all of that you have got millions of white people on the planet they have traveled they brag about their traveling they brag about hanging out with non-white people and exposure and everything else and they still practice racism and again this is all over the known universe so even if you do travel you're just going to see the same thing reinforced niggers is niggers from Nairobi to Jacksonville pick your city and I mentioned Pluto leave the planet and it's still a problem for the astronauts wait till they get that space station and such up and you got race station uh, racism white supremacy out at the space station if it hasn't been happening already anywho the problem is way worse than I thought um We'll see if listeners, it was a listener who wanted me to have him on the program. I can only say like, wow, I guess if there are hordes of non-white people who are waiting to tell me what a no count rude privileged coon I am, then I'll know that oh, I'm even still underestimating how bad the problem is. But I mean, really, if we have any folks who are cows listeners and you can use logic to process what you heard, like that is one of the least informed race soldiers we've ever talked to in 13 years I can't think of anyone I can't think of anyone uh, if you can let me know I guess we'll see if folks have thoughts on what they heard from Mr. Eric Brian Stone um, wow I'm amazed I'm almost stu- I have to take a break I'm, I'm stupefied like I really you all can people who've been listening to the cows I know there's some people who've been here for a decade or more you have never heard me end with a white person say wow that's kind of a lame uninformed boy. I never say that ever first time for everything I need a break Rick James save me we'll get the listeners folks uh, we'll get to the listeners after I get my break in see if I can get my mind together lord Eric Brian Stone got under my skin all your bubble metaphors and jargon get out of here let me see uh, context of white supremacy we'll be right back
And from the late 1960s, after the death of Martin Luther King and the riots and the upheavals and all like this, and black people with their fists in there and all like that, and trying to stumble and fumble and find their way and get focus, the white supremacists made a blueprint and put it in action. And that is, I'm going to have these people so confused, they don't even know what they started out to do. And by the late 1970s, they had just about completed it. And we've been on that ever since. And you mentioned something very important. They are more comfortable than ever. But see, it's like making gorillas comfortable in a cage or monkeys or pandas. You still got them in a cage, but they're comfortable. See, so give them some bling bling. It's like giving an animal a brand new car and training the animal to ride up and down the street in it. And then you stand back and point at the animal. Like one white man said in the late 1950s, he said he doesn't care what kind of car a Negro has. He said he's still a nigger. And when he rides by in a shiny car, to him, it's just a monkey in a car. White people built a car put a monkey in it, train the monkey to drive the car, so now you're looking at a monkey in a car. See, but black people don't see themselves that way. But this is how the white supremacists see us, and they are the ones who run our business. And we have to know that, that when they look at us, that's what they see. That that's what they see. That that's what they see. And at a subliminal level, what they see begins to spill over into our brains so that we, at a subliminal level, see each other that way and indirectly see ourselves that way. Hmm. Rick James. Rick Book Club is tomorrow. I'm so glad. Like That'll be cathartic from uh, having to endure... Mr. Stone's racism and nonsense for the past 60 minutes. Um, the book club, mandatory, absolute madness, Catherine Pellinero tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. <sighs> the cow's timing in a very unpleasant, challenging year, just like Mr. Stone, remains impeccable. We started this year listening to Rick James in the book club. Rick James returns to the book. Now, in this book about the butchering of black males, how does Rick James get to pop back up again? Rick James was born in Buffalo. He's buried in Buffalo. They have reports on him as the Buffalo soldier and we in the book chronologically are going to 1981 which is where we started this year in the book club Alice Bold's Lucky takes place in Syracuse which is also New York State in 1981 we were not just playing we are never just playing music to be playing it we were playing it because Rick James super freak she said super freak in the book one and then super freak was released in 1981 
and the book rendered invisible written by a black male also born in Buffalo he mentions Rick James repeatedly in talking about these events and crowd, I don't even think we played Rick James on the guy I mean he's I don't think Super Freak or any of his other hits uh, regularly pop up in the cows but wow he has invaded the book in fact I even paused like should we read his autobiography because he does talk about I mean he grew up in Buffalo skipped and went to Toronto to avoid the Vietnam draft gave me thought anyway Rick James James, Rick James, I can't believe Rick James returning to the book club. Mandatory, absolute madness. I don't know what clown is talking about. Do not read books. Gusty does not endorse anything like that. And I look at anybody with extraordinary suspicion who is saying, oh, no, I don't do any reading. Saying that around black people who already don't do any reading? Certainly not enough of it collectively. <sighs> Before I get to the calls, one other thing, make sure I get in. Uh, I think a lot of uh, at least the K through 12 students in the U.S. at least uh, just school academic year just ended. I would not contrary to Mr. Stone again. You don't want to sound like him. I would not allow my child to sit around and have a vacation, meaning they're not going to be using their brain computer metaphor. Dr. Welsing. They're going to be doing reports. But what did I say? go to the university college library research projects study expand your vocabulary study at a mouse all kinds of things read but that is poisonous to have and particularly a young developing brain computer and you're not doing anything for three months in fact they could be reading if we if I had offspring and they were obviously I would know my child's reading level but if they were like a senior or if they just graduated they were going to go to college or even if they were rising senior rising junior I would have them read absolute madness that book does not have crazy vocabulary or anything there are no footnotes in it unfortunately it's pretty straightforward chronological dates times all of that there's information that you could research in it I would have them read that book. You should know New York. I talk about that all the time. Summer is a great time. You are not going to veg out and Netflix every day and play with your friends on the phone and all that other nonsense. You will have enough time to do that. You are going to use your brain computer and learn. And it would be like a regular thing. This is not just like a once a month or, you know, once every two weeks, like regular using your brain computer doing some reading working some sciences in it's lots of different experiments oh. but you cannot just sit idle for three months there's got to be a plan for that really at any age group I was just talking about reading this book specifically uh, for folks that are like high school students because I think a lot of high school students they have to read a book generally over the summer or we did I don't know maybe they don't do that anymore maybe that's you know caveman times but we did we would normally have to read in high school we did uh, we had to read a book and I think sometimes we even have to have a report written on it or we'd have to write it when we got back something some combination but it was definitely there was a book that had to be read uh, and completed before the beginning of the new school year so and it shouldn't just be one you should have them read multiple uh, books they have uh 
the Seattle uh, libraries, their public libraries, they have uh, reading programs for children and for all ages. I think one of them is like to see if you can read 2000, uh, 2000 minutes worth of reading over the summertime and, uh, or others, I think it's uh, types of books that you're reading, but just encouraging reading, encouraging, read, go out to the beach and read or whatever, take your trip and travel and read. But anyway, reading, even think of that. Dr. Frances Cresswell, I mentioned her name so many times. If I could have found that clip, the white man is in charge, I would have got it. But I listened to so much of her trying to find that. And she had so many other things that I could have found clip that would have been way better. But one definition, definition, she said exactly what I said. You should not. And again, I don't need to quote Dr. Welsing on this. This is basic, like mediocre third grade teacher logic. You don't use terms if you don't have a definition. And I mean to have a white man, really anybody, but a white man sit around? I've never been asked. Oh. Oh. And disdain for books and reading from a white man? Dr. Welsing says reading is more important than watching television. Read as much as you can. Read all the time. She brags about reading. He says, oh, Reading, ah, they got full of lies. Reading, ah, hmm, hmm, seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. My suspicion. I think Mr. Stone might have even, you know, felt a little bit like, whoa, this. And I said, I probably have been a little uppity today. I'll take that uppity coon. Yeah. But this uppity coon has sassed me on live air. What is going on? I'm Eric Brian Stone. Niggers don't sass me when I go to talk to them. They think I'm great. I think that could have been what happened. He's just not accustomed to being sassed particularly live time by a nigger because he made a point of that saying live on air you gonna sass me uppity coon yes 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 uppity coon sorry I will do better uh let's see folks who dialed in have you all heard because I really like I still haven't thought of one like least informed race soldier we've ever talked to not even close Yee. I would even be scared to like, don't think that this is representative of all white people. <laughs> like, ee. Like, don't think that at all. Uh, let's see. The folks who dialed in. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The fella who called in before. Partner. You said you have a difficult time extracting constructive information from this program. There's no need for you to be here at all at all you at this point I'm looking at it as you're wasting my time because there is no sweetness here if you're white identified and you think I was rude and all that to Mr. Stone join his fan club uppity coon got it Uh, let's see the folks who dialed in uh, with a hand up not that I'm above reproach at all I think I've made that very clear just I'm not about time wasting <laughs> I've said that for years if you're not getting constructive information from the cows you should not be here and particularly I didn't send you a link for the program so why are you here 
folks who dialed in with a hand up. May I be heard? 2262, yes, sir. Uh, thank you, sir, for taking my call. Um, uh, this was an interesting phone call, uh, interesting guest. I mean, uh, where do I begin? I checked out his Instagram page, and he had a quote there said, um, help me, uh, uh, what's the name, end racism by buying my merch. And considering that he said he had uh, uh, a few non-white supporters and, and help, I wonder how many non-white people have been purchasing things from this, uh, I guess, low-level uh, racist. Um, and he just, uh, again, like you pointed out, Gus, a lot of metaphors are used. Um, and the one thing that really stuck out to me was he said, I'm just living life. Um, well, that, that sounds great. That really does sound great just to be able to live life and devil may care and just travel and have people think that I'm, he said, you know, college educated and have money. I mean, wow. I mean, that just sounds so great. Um, I mean, <laughs> I started to laugh at some of the moments. But, you know, I'm just kind of perplexed still. But uh, I think this one was a very interesting uh, guest for um, the reasons that I stated earlier. And, um, and uh, as always, Gus, uh, thank you for the cows. And that's it. He said he went to his uh, website and he has the Purchase My Merch to end racism he said you don't think he got us bamboozled victims buying his merchandise to end (laughs) 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 woo man uh, the problem is substantially worse than I thought Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. May I be heard? Z's mom, yes, ma'am. Greetings. Um, I only had two points. The first one is expanding on what you said, um, or adding on to it. I think that that's a very refined way that he practices racism by because it seems that. He surrounds himself with a large amount of non-white people. So I suspect he's consistently telling them to not read. And I'm thinking that he probably says that to his followers on Twitter, on TikTok or whatever, implying to them, like, oh, don't, you know, don't read. Just watch my videos and buy my merch and I'll explain everything about racism to you. So I thought that was really refined and Another thing, the second point I was going to make was listening to his, um, what you, the audio clip of him being um, found by the police with a large amount of drugs and all of these guns and things on him. I thought that was really interesting um, just because it's 
a lot of illegal activity that he seems to be doing with non-white people, putting them in very precarious positions. And he does not, he seems to present himself as someone who wants to help non-white people, but he seems to be doing a lot of illegal activity with them. I thought that was very interesting. And I think that in some ways he is very, not very smart, but I think in some ways he's very refined because he seems to like having a large amount of non-white people around him to um, have tacky and terroristic behavior with. And that's all I'll say on me my line. Much obliged, Z's mom. Uh, he gave us the names of the non-white people who he said asked to join his non-profit. They were all non-white females in the interview that I played a snippet from, in my view. So here we go again, caller. He bragged about having sexual intercourse with non-white females that aspect of it I think is gender specific because he makes it gen- and he even had an anecdote where he talked about being at an event and I mean this might not even be true deception uh, but he said there was an event he was present non-white females he was very explicit said requested that he speak he's so silver tongued metaphor of course he said a uh, black male objected didn't think he should of course he spoke anyway now I would have went into detail about that but I mean Z's mom is an educator. Do you think she could get up in front of her class and say, you know what? That James Lowen is right, man. All these teachers have lied. All these books are lies. We don't need to read any of them. We're going to go outside and do a little research for the day. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they'll let you work in the cafeteria at the school if they catch you saying some nonsense like that. Let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up line should be open. Can I hear it? Yeah, Gus. Uh, Victor. Let's see. Uh, I got confused. Let's do Victor in New Jersey. I got confused. I get everybody. I'm just. Yeah, um, Gus. Yeah, unfortunately, because you talked about uh, him, you know, not reading, you know, and how he's going to basically. um, kind of like, you know, um, um, get rid of all the lies and dispel all the lies. Um, you know, and he also, uh, he also, um, talked about, you know, his, 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 his qualifications, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he said check his resume. Um, you know, again, that was, you know, <laughs> real, you know, like you said, just real refined. And unfortunately I came across, uh, white males like him, you know, and just, just like him. Um, I was going to ask him, I said, I was going to ask him, was, is deception a form of violence? And if so, you know, uh, why don't you, why can't you understand the host asking for clarity? Yes or no answers. Um, you know, explain the metaphors. Like when he said walking on eggshells, it says to be very careful not to offend or upset. Like you said, I don't think you're walking on eggshells. Uh, when he said that he wants to unify people, unify people to do what and against who? Um, he says, um, um, you know, um, 
his white privilege. And, and, and a lot of white people don't know that they are privileged. But countless news reports shows white women calling the police, very aware that the police are going to come and they suspect that if it's a black male or black female, that race soldier is going to be on their side. So that, that's not, you know, and, and, and again, I understand that, you know, we don't use pri- white privilege. I don't use white privilege, but since he used it, you know, so he, he, he stressed, you know, he stressed that. Um, these towns, these cities, he referred to them as bubbles. Like you said, a metaphor. These, these are not bubbles. These are towns. These are cities. These are people that have access to news media. These are people who have access to the Internet. And, again, the notion that white people are ignorant and don't know. I don't know many black people on, in this part of the world that have museums, artifacts of stolen booty. They call it booty all over the world. You know, I mean, even in Europe, you know, some African countries are asking for their artifacts back, you know, that was stolen. That That's, that's not people who are confused. He says, I think he said his family has a level of racism. You know, I mean, define that. Like, what does, like, what does that mean? How many levels of racism are there? And if there are levels, can you give me the list of these levels? You know, so, you know, even with, again, I mean, I was just waiting for you to, you know, drop the buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of words. Even when you asked the question, you said, you, it, was a, it was a clear question. Who is more confused? You know what I mean? White people, black people. He went into telling you about the story about the South Americans who, 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 who uh, you know, who, who didn't believe in having a victim mentality. Like, what did that have to do with the question you know so i honestly guys i said i know you said you don't want to hear it but the one who called in or wrote in the one that called in and, and, and said that you know it's you it's your tone it's the way you you speak to these guests i would love i would love to hear what he had to say me personally after this interview and me personally i believe that person that called is was 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 a white person disguising to be a black person. Me personally, but I could be incorrect. I close. How interesting! How interesting! That was the first question that I asked before I even answered his question. I asked if he was a white person. I had some thoughts about that as well. Hmm. Uh, and we got see, we got one of these old reading negros here. See. Mr. Stone told you about that. Who told you to go and be reading about white women calling the police and knowing that they're going to be believed and they can just say whatever they want to about a black person and get them locked up? Who told you to be read? That's probably a lie. See? See? (sighs) Mm. Much obliged uh, victim in New Jersey. Man, oh man. Um... Let me see the other. I think it was two people at the same uh, time. Let me see if I can get the other person. Uh, and he said, check his resume. He did say check his resume. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Check him. <laughs> ah. Woo. 
man oh man uh let's see the other person uh who spoke up at the same time greetings guys greetings listeners um when i was looking at um this white supremacist um tiktok i i, I could um tell that he was going to be a, a less intelligent um white supremacist he uses a lot of uh, cursing in his um videos and these are the videos where he's talking about um, the system of white supremacy. He has a video where he's discussing the, the, the Buffalo terrorist attack, and he's cursing, and he's using white privilege, not using racism, white supremacy, or white power, but white privilege. So to be expected, you said something during the broadcast, like the the white people, they're so used to, talk to talking to highly 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 confused victims which is why they they could just say all sorts of nonsense to us and and many of us are not aware of what, what's happening but because um we are attempting to learn about the, the system it's quite obvious that this person is um wow 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 just just a less intelligent racist who still has tremendous power he's able to start a um, nonprofit. He's um, if you go to his um, TikTok, absolutely tragic, pathetic. What you will um, witness, you'll see um, dozens, hundreds, hundreds of victims giving him the glory that he's doing this white supremacy for. He's getting all the glory and attention. You'll see black females asking him to marry him. It's just absolutely tragic. And this is probably one of the reasons he's doing it. Hey, this, this is an easy way to rape black females. You know, they just coming to me. And it's, check out this TikTok, and you'll see the damage that these sort of races are able to do with um, the Yoruba technology. And I'll pause my mic. <laughs> pause the mic. I love it, man. He, he, again, so same word I used last week. He brags about hey, I am attracted to black females, Latina females. We, like years ago, I mentioned Timothy White, don't drink the Kool-Aid, that was the metaphor. And that metaphor for people, because I know you don't have folks, <laughs> Mr. Stone doesn't want us reading, but they do have books. That is a metaphor. So what is that metaphor connected to? Jim Jones, oh my God, we are so the metaphor we are exactly where we are supposed to be that metaphor don't drink the Kool-Aid is from Jim Jones in Guyana South America white man like Mr. Stone charismatic can speak and draws all these black people back and is stealing from them too and then gets them all to commit suicide mass suicide Mate, we talked about this before Dr. Welsing talked about this event a lot why when I was doing my buffalo research there are days when Buffalo was at the bottom of the page updates on the investigation into what happened in Jonestown with Jim Jones is at the top of the page I think that might even be this week I gotta look at the report it is this oh, is this week the Buffalo Challenger one of the victims in that shooting Catherine Massey Buffalo so at the top of the page in December what happened in Jonestown South America they drunk the Kool-Aid that's why we were using that metaphor with Tim Wise to get non-white people when you see these Eric Stones 
Robin D'Angelo's, Peggy McIntosh, Tim Wise, pause. Is this Jamestown? Jonestown, excuse me, South America? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And he he said, let me use his metaphor. He didn't say don't drink the Kool-Aid. He said there's a long history of white people screwing us over. Now just take that back with what you heard about his TikTok page. I don't need any help with that metaphor. I didn't ask him to explain that one. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up line should be open. Greetings, everyone. Retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, uh, uh, we're, we're talking about last week's guests. Uh, we were talking about the guest from today. I guess if you had commentary about, well, I'm not. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it was a guest. Go, go ahead. Oh, See if other folks, uh, did you all have commentary this year? Uh, yep. Can I be heard? Oh, I think I hear someone else. Uh, you, you did say that that uh, you, you were talking about last week's guest, Gus, or, or it was somebody this evening? Actually, we were not talking about last week's guest. We were talking about the guest that was on today. So if you have comment about last week's guest, then we can circle back and get that. All right. Okay. Grant, thank you for your patience, sir. Uh, so I guess folks that are doing commentary on the guest that was with us today, uh, the caller that we just heard from, did you have commentary on today's guest? Um, I do. Um, oh, that's Clemson he didn't grad. Sorry, non Clemson grad. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no worries, no worries. Um, hello to everyone. Hope everyone's having a good day, at least the best that you can. Um, I did, you know, I had to step away for a minute, um, but I did catch um, the first hour of the guest. Um, and I can, um, one thing my, um, my wife is sitting here next to me listening as well, too. The first thing she noticed that this guy was basically Tim Wise Light. Um, just a little less refined, a little less sophisticated, not as, maybe not as educated, maybe not as, uh, good with the word usage, but it felt the exact, same exact way to her. Me, I, you know, to me, it's always very, um, interesting because at least for me, Tim Wise was the reason I discovered the cow because I discovered Tim Wise on the internet before finding that interview that uh, I think Justice did with Tim Wise, which, knocked up, um, which um, for me, revealed to, revealed to me what Tim Wise was really trying to do and probably the same thing this person is trying to do today. And then um, thinking back to what the, um, the caller, Mr. Stone, was saying in the early parts of the broadcast, using some of the, uh, some of the metaphors like walking on eggshells and stuff, you know, um, I think he did his best, or well, yeah, maybe he did his best to try to explain some of his metaphors. Like, um, at least the way I took it was, you know, um, making people uncomfortable. So to me, the next um, question, at least uh, in my opinion, the next question would it be to him, what can black people do to make a potential racist more uncomfortable around black people? Um, at least that's how I took um, his interpretation of walking on eggshells. But he might have meant that in the opposite direction as well, too. Another thing he was talking about, um, I would, I would, I would have loved, liked to have asked him, um, what do you feel is more important, convincing black people, individual white people like himself, are not racist or ending white supremacy, and why? 
it goes back to the idea of, you know, who is more um, more confused about racism, white people or non-white people. And then another question I would like to have asked them is, uh, um, he talks about the idea that he lives in um, different countries around the world. I think he said a couple of countries in Asia, as well as United States and maybe even Europe, I think I heard. Um, and But he also talks about the idea that he himself did not come from money, did not have money. So to me, the question around that would have been, um, is he aware of any, um, you know, non-white people or black people who are able to live abroad in different countries um, and, and basically not um, be for money and come for money? Because to me, that just seems unheard of for uh, non-white people to do. Usually when, um, you know, non-white people are living abroad, it usually has something to do with them being forced to leave their country or flee from some kind of war-torn issue um, state you know, that the, you know, white supremacists might have created in that situation. And with that, I, uh, well, hold on. Do you want to add something? Oh, with that, I'll, I'll end my line, end my call. Right on. Non-Clemson grad, Miss C. Tim Wise Light. Mm. Less sophisticated, less informed, less refined maybe he'll get there at some point maybe not we'll see maybe he doesn't even we had even said that about timothy wise that wow this would be a great career path if you're interested in sexually suing as many non-white females as possible because so many non-white people just oh we got a white man who's going to be our safe white people to the rescue oreo experience that we're so confused that we could be easily bamboozled uh with this type of race soldier Mr. Stone, we had said that about Timothy Wise, that he could probably be, wow. And Mr. Stone, there you go. Uh, I did think initially he made what they call a good faith effort to explain his metaphors. Now, as the program continued, I didn't believe that. I, did, I felt like he wasn't even making a, a good faith effort to answer the questions. My question about who's more informed about racism like that was, you know. Oh. Um, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up can I be heard your volume is low you could speak up maybe or get closer to your microphone uh, is that better huh. give me another sentence can I be heard I can hear you, but wow, you are substantially lower than everybody else. Maybe make sure you use lots of black self-respect so you can speak very loud and uh, yeah, get as close to your mic as you can. If you can turn the volume up a little bit, that'd be good too. Okay. Uh, if you can't hear me now, then I will try calling back in and maybe that'll fix it. That's that better. better. Just don't drop your volume. Make sure you're speaking up very clear. Lots of black self-respect. Definitely. Uh, so I don't, I don't have many points. I had some questions for him. I'll try to keep it uh, concise and short. Uh, I suspect he, the, the racist suspect or even confirmed racist uh, on the show tonight, uh, I think he is definitely used to preying on more confused victims. Uh, from what I've witnessed uh, in the videos of him talking with uh, victims of racism, nobody's talking about producing justice. Nobody's asking for suggestions on how to end the system of white supremacy. It seems more that they're, 
he's get they're get the victims are giving him a platform to brag about you know his his victories and dem and all the things he's been able to accomplish as a white person under the system. Uh, for for me, I, I think the what he displayed was you know he demonstrated that people classified as white cannot produce justice or will not and will not work to produce justice. I think that was demonstrating his inability to uh, be more clear and direct with what he was saying. I think if you are asking someone, you're saying, uh, could you be, essentially, you're asking them to be more clear, be more direct. If you are unable to do that, then it's essentially, you know, like a F you. I, I don't really care if you understand me or not. I, I don't care. Uh, so, Dem demonstrated, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to produce justice. I'm not here to work to eliminate anything. I am just living life, as he said. Uh, the, the one, one question I was going to ask him because I see him w with the videos I see, I see him interacting with victims of racism often. So I wanted to know from him whether, whether people classified as white have to come in contact with non-white people in order to produce a system of justice or eliminate the system of white supremacy. I think it would have been interesting. I suspect that he would have said yes, but I would have asked him to elaborate on that. I think the evidence suggests that white people, people classified as white, have been coming in contact with non-white people, and it has, it has failed to produce justice. So. Uh, that that's about all that I have on that. I hope I hope I could be heard. And uh, Dust, if you can mute my line when I'm on the Skype line, I can't uh, mute myself. I'd greatly appreciate it. Gotcha. Much obliged. Yes, we could hear you, or at least I could. Yes, I could hear you much better, sir. Uh, I was gonna pivot to you all, right, to get your questions in. He interrupted me. I didn't even get a chance to uh, finish my. Uh, statement. Although I did have other questions, but I was just going to go, you know, to the phone lines and let you all get some questions in. Anywho, uh, let's see. Did we miss any of the folks? I know we're circling back to get retired firefighters. So we got everybody who had commentary about guests for this evening. I have one more comment, if I may. Let's hear it. I, um, Two different associates um, guessed that, you know, predicted that the uh, suspected racist white supremacist was not going to um, make it um, for the entire broadcast, was going to um, leave, and, and that was correct. Oh, that was it? <laughs> that was it? Yep. Okay. Why did they, what was the basis of their prediction? What did they hear where they started to think, "Up, oh, he's going to try and escape." Um, we we were doing um research on his um his other interviews and his TikToks and we just observed him to be a less refined, less intelligent white person who was not going to be able to handle uh, a victim of racism who's not that easily fooled. Non-white people are very easily fooled. Gus T, like I said, working not to be, but I mean, man, Eric Stone fooling million. Eric Brian Stone fooling millions of us. Was anybody else who had commentary? Uh, 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's proceed. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to, I was, was going to ask him about his nonprofit organization as far as how much, you know, type of donations or revenue is he getting on a yearly basis. And I was wondering from those donations, what does he do with that money? Does he turn it back around and invest with non-white people? I was concerned about that. I was concerned about that. But that's pretty much it. Hmm. That would be a good question, especially uh, we had the previous caller who uh, suspected like, man, does he have a lot of, you know, victims that he's fooled and they're buying his merchandise thinking that somehow that's ending racism, white supremacy? Like, is he just keeping that all for him so he can do his, you know, road trips and whatever else going out to sexually sewer uh, non-white females? Or is he sending this money uh, to the victims to help them solve problems? That would have been a good one. Um. Oh, I'm make sure I get in since justice was mentioned. You're just saying just buckets and buckets of work. Definitely would have been apropos for today. Is apropos for today. So we going we'll, uh just making sure before we get to retired firefighter. Did anybody else have commentary on today's guest before we do that? Anybody else have commentary on today's guest? Are they good on that? Grant, we'll assume folks are good on today's guest. Let's see. Uh, retired firefighter, you said you had commentary on last week's guest. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, thought, I actually thought that you was talking about uh, last week's guest and not a present guest uh, because it's, it was some familiar arrogance some familiar points that was uh I was listening to uh uh but uh last last week uh immediately when the the uh guest out of nowhere uh mentioned about a uh sexual relationship with in, in inevitably it's a a sexual relationship uh that he was having with a non white person uh i uh had to go into my uh repertoire of questions uh involving sex uh with white people and non white people uh and uh others uh after me also did so uh, I don't think it's not, it, 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 there is no question at all that is asked to a white person that they should not be willing to ask. I mean, answer nothing at all. Uh, if they are, uh, honest about, uh, racism, and white supremacy, uh, and, uh, it certainly is a good teaching and uh, teaching uh, examples uh, when you see these white people who immediately when you go, to, when, when in this case, we didn't go to sex. He went to uh, sex 
uh, with the assumption if you are quote unquote stating that you are married to a non-white person, uh, it would be logical to think that you're also having sex with that non-white person too, or had sex with the white non-white person. You may not presently be having sex with a non-white person, but you more than likely had experience having sex with that non-white person. And we should, there, there should be questions coming from non-white people to that white person. And honesty was asked from that guest. And I believe he stated on the affirmative that he will, would try to answer questions. Uh, that and also, as I mentioned before last week, it's like a physician. And this guy had emeritus, the term emeritus to his last name, uh, meaning that he that's one of the ultimate positions of a teacher on the college level. Uh, and he studied racism. And I, and I, I think this guest, from what I'm listening to, did some writing or studying on racism and white supremacy. That person also also should offer uh, either asked or even not being asked suggestions to victims on how to solve the problem of racism and white supremacy. Uh, it can be his own personal uh, means. I, I could be wrong, but I think last week that the guest last week stated that racism cannot be solved. And I mean, that, that is, that is, whew, that, that is something, you know, for a white person to be bold enough to, uh, state that, uh, uh in front of non-white people. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those are just some of my thoughts. Uh, I, I, I definitely will listen to. I'm assuming that he, the guest, this today uh, uh, abruptly left the program. Am I correct? After about an hour. Yeah, because I, I got I tuned in a little bit after nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then and that that is that that should be ex- expected especially based on how I know uh, the cows program is, uh, is uh, fashioned in, in, in such a manner that it, 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 uh, it narrows the, the, uh, the options for a white person uh, to whereas the object in mind is to reveal the truth and Truth and a white person very seldom, very seldom comes together. And uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. It would be best not to comment on programs that you've not heard. Uh, Dr. Sean Lay last week, white man is married to a non-white female. I guess this week they do have some similarities. The cowbell, I guess for today, bragged about not reading anything. So no, he didn't do any reading uh, or writing about racism, white supremacy. 
Uh, let's see. The person at 3393, did you have commentary to share? Have you heard? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good evening, Gus. Good evening, listeners. Uh, good evening, callers. Um, uh, from what um, I got from the actual call, um, it was it was a it's definitely akin to what um, um, what the uh, people over there that go over there in Africa um, do to the Africans where they're the white savior or the white savior complex, um, I, I do suspect that that is how he's getting all these um, uh, atrociously confused uh, victims um, to believe in his rhetoric. Uh, he centered himself. I do believe he's doing it for more of monetary gain and, and notoriety and not necessarily... Um, to solve the problem of racism, white supremacy. He um, he didn't want to actually address the system of racism, white supremacy, um, and just and directly just address that. He that's why he kept using the metaphors. He talked around it, and he said that's how he talked out his life. And I think that's because he's a very refined, suspected white Um I do think that I'm, I'm sorry. To... Sorry, I was okay. muted. I think just yeah. Sorry about that. No, not that, no problem at all. Um, I think that all his life, um, he talked about his life growing up and things of that nature. Um, I think he's he. Uh, I think he learned that the more refined he is, the more victims um, he can victimize. That this this caller was terroristic and tacky and trashy. Um, he didn't want to place. He didn't. He really didn't want to call out white supremacy. He didn't want to face the actual system. Um, in, in which he lives and which he benefits from. He wanted to talk around the problem. Um, and that to me is the epitome of practicing uh, racism, white supremacy, and definitely how this system, he's the fuel that keeps this system going. Didn't want to use that, but hey, he is, the, he, he's, he's, he's perpetuating the system tremendously um, by doing this. And uh, um, that's that's all I would have to say. I mean, my mic. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. I'm sorry that the cough happened. I should have been following the rule. That's I had muted the line. All that you know, background noise. My apologies. Um, I had just two quick questions. Uh, have you dialed in before? No, sir. All right, on first time caller. Right on. Right on. Uh, glad to have participation, not being a spectator. Uh, so second question. So you said, Eric Brian Stone, the fuel. You said, my bad, my bad. Perpetuates, <laughs> man. Right. Now, do you see the difference in what you just said, fuel as opposed to, or yeah, just the difference in the phrasing of that fuel versus perpetuates. Correct. Right. Yes, sir. I definitely do. 
uh, it definitely, um, you're right, words definitely do matter. Uh, and if we, if we want to solve this problem, we're going to have to talk about it um, in a context to which it's presented to us. And um, as you would say, no pussyfooting this problem around because uh, we cannot solve the problem without actually facing the problem. And the majority um, to actually do that is to actually speak directly to the problem. And I yield my time. First time caller. Words are important. That's one thing that I've seen too that I think intuitively we recognize logic. Most people, if you present them with logic, one plus one is two, right on. Logic. Knowing there's something about these metaphors where it could be you're talking to Eric Brian Stone. Maybe they're trying to deceive you. Maybe he doesn't read and is not well informed. Maybe it's a little bit of both. He's just not as refined. Tim Wise liked courtesy Miss C. All of that. Hey, I'm not even trying to unpack it. If you're classified as white, the bias, the suspicion is going to be that you're practicing racism, white supremacy, and especially if there's any, as retired firefighter pointed out, there's some cowbell nonsense in this. Oh, yeah, I love replacing racism. And equally, I love dark women. All of that is in the trash. I mean, we don't even all of that. You are practicing white perpetuating white supremacy racism in the worst way coming to get us in the bedroom coming to confuse you don't need to read put that book down what are you doing what and buy my merch to end racism the met at minimum I would say making sure a white person answers your question if you're non-white gusty everybody that's something all of us can work on making sure they answer our question explicitly they can give whatever detail and explain you know what their response is and if you don't know no problem he even did that now when I asked him who's more confused as opposed to just saying you know Gus I don't know which I would have accepted no problem he could have moved on he didn't do that he talked and talked and talked and then came back and said non-white people already know all this it's white people who I have to educate that would seem to suggest that you think white people are ignorant about racism which is what everybody says those metaphors make sure they answer your question and those metaphors even you don't have to tell them because I never told him he said I was trying to make him talk like me I never said hey don't use any metaphors because I thought about that the caller I don't remember who it was whoever it was that uh, noted they watched some of his content online he curses a lot which he does Uh, I thought about asking him in advance not to curse and not to use metaphors I decided against because I said it would be better if he's going to be foul mouth and nasty other than last week for Gus T for we're G-rated. Justice is here. We got a 10-year-old. We're not going to be Florida and, you know, all that. It's Sue Africa who is going to stand out with all that profanity. Not Gus T and not the callers either. So I said, if he wants to do all his F-bombs and everything else, that'll be on him. 
Then I said for the metaphors, same thing. And then you can just have him explain what he's talking about. All of that will work in the number of, he said, man, I never said, Hey, Mr. Stone, don't use any metaphors. He said, I'm going to try to not use metaphors. You're right. Being dry, no pussyfooting. You got to really, when you're talking to someone that you think this person may, may be trying to deceive me, one of the best things that you can do, no matter if I'm not going to use metaphors, I'm going to be very direct in what I'm talking about in talking to you. In fact, I'm going to be try. I'm going to work to be as efficient as possible. So I don't have to talk and use a hundred words to say something that could be said with five words efficiency and it's probably going to be more questions than statements questions 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 and then some of those questions if they're going to use metaphors explain them walking on eggshells explain under their skin explain bubble explain it just on and on and on Tim Wise liked from Missy who apparently is still very dangerous and there did seem to be a gendered component as I said he had an anecdote that might not even be true but he did say non-white females requested for him to come up and speak at an event non-white females reached out to him to join his nonprofit. he said that it was a black male who was suspicious of him I've seen him talk to non-white males and they you know thought he was probably bought some of his merchandise they didn't seem suspicious at all but and I mean hey he likes non-white females so I, hey maybe that is a part of the marketing you seen scandal <sighs> man uh Let's see. Any other commentary folks want to make sure they get in before we wrap things up. Book club tomorrow, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Rick James. Rick James. Buffalo, let's go. Uh, with Let's go Buffalo. Inverted it. Let's go Buffalo. Let's see. Uh, any other folks commentary they want to make sure that they get in before we wrap up? Um, you know what, Gus uh, Vicky from New Jersey. He also said something else. I don't know. I don't know the context. But, um, knowing, knowing the truth. You know. Um, you know. Still that same notion that you know. You know, white people are just ignorant. You know, they don't know the truth. And you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's just impossible to operate the way white people are operating on a global level and not know the truth. So it's not about truth. It's about power. And that's what makes him even more deceptive. Not only does he like to um, um, victimize black women, but he also lowers their guard by expressing just how, you know, just how ignorant and just, you know, we just, we just need to educate, you know, you know, more white people and, you know, we need to unite, you know what I'm saying? We need to, you know, dispel all the lies, <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a power dynamic. And if I'm not mistaken, did he agree to your definition of what racism was? 
fumbling with my mute button. Yes, he did. Right. So, okay, if, we, if you already established that this is a, a, a global power dynamic, what does truth have to do with anything? So, you know, even if you went around and you convinced all these white people that's in their bubble, the most powerful people on the planet believe in white supremacy. So I don't, I don't know if you uniting it's going to change their mind. So I, I just, I close with that. Being logical, sir, being logical, uh, the truth, the truth that all I can say that that is enormously important it must be that's all I can conclude like that must be really important for racists to keep victims all of the non-white people thinking that this problem is because or a huge part of this problem is that white people are ignorant about racism to get large numbers of non-white people to think that that is the case that white people are just dumb and ignorant and they don't know about all this like that is that is absurd even white people that don't read books are not ignorant about racism, white supremacy. Eric Brian Stone. Uh, any other folks commentary they want to make sure they get in? Maddie Hurt. Yes, ma'am. My first time caller. Yes, sir. Um, so he mentioned that he traveled around the world and everywhere he goes, he presumes, you know, he has money and he has access. Um, I am presuming that when he was talking about getting to these concerts, that the people that were letting him in were also classified as white. Um, where he says that if his non-white friends tried to get in, they would be questioned and they would be stopped. Um, how does my question to that would be, uh, how are white people confused about the system of racism, white supremacy, if everywhere that you go, uh, you are presumed to be the um, model citizen. You are presumed to have money. You are presumed um, innocent. You are presumed to have it all. So how, how are white people confused about racism, white supremacy under this system? And I also, um, if I'm not mistaken, he did agreed that this was a global thing uh it was the, the system is global am i am i incorrect back to him that oh he did i made it a point of emphasis because he only named cities in the u.s and i emphasized that it was global and he said right. absolutely yes sir so how can white people if this system is global and he agreed that this system is indeed global then how are they ignorant about racism, white supremacy? How? And I yield my time. Following logic, following, see, you could have been in his nonprofit. See, he likes non-white female intelligence. See, could have got a job, travel. You could have been going to the sundown towns this summer. See there? Follow logic. Excellent. Just following logic. How would this be? 
how did it get everywhere and in all areas of people activity? And it's not like it's only been like this for 50 years or 100 years. How could that be? And they're ignorant? Hmm. He's going to sundown town, so-called. I said we did have a listener who submitted a better term. That is something I'd have to read that I wouldn't. I should always. That's why that book is in my top 10. Or that's one of the reasons I said this before with Delectable Negro, which maybe should be in the top five. Oh, man, that's right there today, too. Since he's such any book that has to get referenced frequently to accurately explain racism, white supremacy. That is one part of the criterion in terms of how Gus picks contrary to Mr. Stone. That's how I pick books that I think are important for revealing the system. A delectable Negro could almost be mentioned every program. Sundown Town. We've read that the book club. Uh, Sundown Town is mentioned frequently as well. Also filled with inaccurate terms. Race relations. Sundown Town's right on the title. That's how I said we need a new title to describe what that is, but neither here nor that. Who put the sign up? No Negros. They're ignorant? Really? Some of these signs literally just came down like within the last, since COVID, put it that way. And we, and they even had the audacity to say, oh, we didn't even know what a sundown town was. My goodness, I can't even spell sundown town. How you spell it? S, what is it? S-I- I I can't even spell sundown. Uh Uh, Other folks commentary that they want to make sure they get in. Everybody satisfied? grant we will be here uh thursday 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific the book club absolute mad oh i'm so excited like all of this took my attention away briefly i contrary to what he said i say black people should be doing lots of reading researching studying most of the individuals who practice racism, white supremacy will be substantially more formidable than Mr. Stone. And he's pretty dangerous by himself. He's not even one of the elite, super powerful white people. That said, man, the university uh, libraries that I've encouraged folks to go, really even community college libraries will have a lot of resources. Take advantage uh, the university library here, they have like all of Tony Brown's journals. Uh, you can stream them in their entirety uh, on their library system, the university library system here. Uh, in January 1981, Tony Brown did the second in a series of reports on a national conspiracy against blacks. And that's their title. Uh, Part one was about Atlanta. Part two was about Buffalo. That's what I mean about these 
cases were talked about together and now somehow over time Buffalo has been totally forgotten and I suspect most victims probably don't have a lot of detail around the Atlanta child murder case like if you ask them to name somebody involved in that case beyond Wayne Williams I suspect a lot of them would struggle but these cases were mentioned together for a good year even longer uh, that Tony Brown journal that is how we will start the program tomorrow we're not going to hear the whole thing but we're, I'm going to try and make sure that we hear a good chunk of it because I just think it it is an amazing uh, historical record paying attention for the way that they describe the problem like just paying attention to what words they use what words they don't use I don't think I think they get through that whole segment with no mention of white supremacy I might be wrong about that but just that's something to kind of pay attention to and then the they didn't get quite get to global but they were making an effort to say wow this seems like it could be something greater Dr. Welsing would say connecting the dots that's happening here but yeah it is an amazing um, just record obviously we won't have the video uh, to really be able to see everything but they have members of the Buffalo Challenger uh, on the panel they have a psychic on the panel uh, they have uh some of the folks that we've been hearing from the book, I think uh, some of the black main characters that we've been uh, hearing in the book, I have to go back to look to see everybody that was on it, but it was like three, four, yeah, it's like three, four people uh, on the panel. I'm so excited just uh, so y'all can hear uh, the way that this was being uh, discussed and the way that people tied all of everything that was happening at this time. It Wow. And for this to be forgotten, like, ugh. They were we just had the victims in South Carolina talking about it. it's been seven years and it seems like this is kind of fading we don't really mention Dylan Roof too often that sort of thing they were saying it seems like Buffalo the most recent Buffalo atrocity white terrorism that almost got forgotten quickly because they had the quick shooting in Uvalde uh, just a few days later so it uh, that right there one of the other reasons to read to make sure that these type of events are not forgotten and that we extract as much information as possible uh, to try to help solve this problem immediately or these type of events that we're reading about in Buffalo you can take your pick reading about in Buffalo from right now reading about in Buffalo from 40 years ago will continue to happen all of it no grocery store either 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Tony and the importance of black journalists. They did a whole 30 minutes. It really is two parts. Like I would have, you know, we're not on the Atlanta child murders right now, but man, I would have played that one too. Just so y'all could hear, you know, what they were saying about that. And neither of these cases were solved at the time and would not be for months, almost six months for both cases. They would just go on and on more bodies. Anywho, much obliged to uh, folks who tuned in. Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. If it is not, you should not be listening. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. We need high functioning brain computers so that we're going to do lots of reading, not listening to old Eric Brian Stone researching reading, studying, I'm not taking any white narcotics poisons have my brain computer working at less than optimal levels uh, in addition to being sober 
not going out and about. I think folks talked about the criminal activity they seem to be engaged in, cocaine and all the rest of it. Like what the world? You don't want to be anywhere near any of that. That's great if you have a kindly white man who can take the fall, as they say. And that could have been a lie, too. But whatever. Most of us, that's not going to be the case. You're out and about. Somebody is being rowdy and hostile. Exit. In fact, your white or non-white homies want to kick it. And they got narcotics, guns, all the rest. Let's go there. I am out of here looking dangerous. I'm a victim of white supremacy. Very vulnerable position. Already got enough problems. That's true for anybody. If you are classified as not white. Anywho, if you're in a vehicle, you are sober, buckled, not on your mobile device. We need all of our attention and we're trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no that's it creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name calling. No gossiping. No reckless production of offspring. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. You're a victim. Uh, I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Uh